Hello and welcome to Cutting to the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, as always I'm hanging out with Mike, Hello. Claire hey. and Pete. Hello. Today we're going to talk about nuclear coast cores. And the reason for that is that when we did Hell Comes to Frogtown last week, we seemed to dwell up for a while on the, at the end of the show on the possibility that Russia may actually launch a nuclear strike and what that would entail for us. And I don't think it would happen. And you don't think it would happen. I don't think it would happen. Do you know where you two guys are on it? If even a tactical nuclear weapon I were to be used. I think it's possible, yeah. Pete? You have to talk. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Right. I'm going to tell you about all the times that it nearly happened on accident. <laughs> yeah, pretty frightening. We've come really close, and there's some very lax protocols at times, it seems, around the, let's say, security measures and retaliation protocols and pilot's discretion. Yeah. I mean, it is like a sword of Damocles hanging over us. It certainly is. That can just destroy life, all life on Earth. Certainly life as you know it. Yeah. Well, it takes us back to the Dark Ages, the survivors. Yeah. We were back to the medieval times. Out in the field, tilling farms, in the radiated soil, that's food's giving us all cancer anyway. Getting more cancer from the sun, which isn't being shielded as much by the ozone layer. It's giving us all cataracts and skin cancer. And fighting off giant cockroaches. And possibly fighting off giant cockroaches. And frogmen. And frogmen. frogmen. It's a bit bleak. Frogwomen. Representing the frogwomen. Yep. (laughs) Before I get into that, I will read out some of the original listeners. Vienna in Austria, Tallinn in Estonia, Sanubifal, Perryville, Missouri, Baldwin City, Kansas, Bacolod City in the Philippines, Hazard, India, Adelaide, Australia, Enola, Oklahoma, I haven't seen you before. Novi Sad in Serbia. Portugalville in Missouri. Paris, France. Spring Valley, New York. Lynn in Massachusetts. Iliescas in Spain. Stevenage in the UK. Bengaluru. Ashburn, Virginia. And Guadalajara, Spain. Thank you very much for listening. Thank Tell you. a friend to listen to us. Give them our um, details on Facebook, which are coming to the Bull in the Post Truth Apocalypse. SoundCloud and most of the podcasting platforms are putting the ball in the PTA and YouTube is Apocalypse Bull. Give us a follow, tell a friend, let us grow, you know, yep. do some shit, help spread, us out. Spread the word. Right, let's start with nuclear close calls. Now, a nuclear close call is a set of circumstances that could have resulted in an, in an unintended nuclear detonation. Incidents normally involve an expected imminent threat to a country with nuclear capabilities which could result in a retaliatory strike. At their most severe, the potential damage of nuclear close calls would have resulted in mutually assured destruction. MAD. Mad. Fantastic acronym. (laughs) Sums it up perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah. Obviously not to be confused with Mothers Against Drink Driving. Why well, wouldn't that be? It's a double A, but you know. They're mad as well. What for being against drink driving? Wouldn't it be double D? <laughs> it yeah. is a double A, but it's the same, isn't it? Double, double D. D? No, it's 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 M A A D. Mothers against drink, drink driving. I'm telling you, that's how it's. I'm sure it is. Makes sense to me. It's double D, isn't it? Oh yeah, shit. Double I D. much prefer double D. Yeah, you always go double D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking the millennium army against ducks. 
You which are. Is, which is mad. Yeah, despite a general improvement in global nuclear tensions and major arms reductions, I can tell you how much everybody's got now, if you want to know, quickly. Yep. Russia, 6,257 with 1,458 active, 3,337 available and 1,760 retired. Until I started doing this podcast, Pete, yeah, I actually only thought there was about, I don't know, 100, yeah, nukes over the whole planet. So Russia's got 1,400 active. Why? And 3,000 available out of the 6,257. The US has 5,550. They've got less. Yes, they have less, yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. Uh, 1,389 active, 2,361 available, and 1,800 retired. Where so they're no good now. Retired? They're in storage or in the process of being decommissioned. We presume they could be recommissioned. Being held under guard by top men. <laughs> top men. <laughs> China has 350 and is actively expanding. France has 290 available. The UK has 225 available, potentially up to 300. We've been increasing at the moment. Why? We just did under Boris. They, they pushed through the nuclear funding. Well, luckily, they're the most advanced out of pretty much all of them. No, like, got, we don't have many compared to some, but they're all a lot more... Well, they're newest. Yeah, that's it. They're a lot more advanced, I think, is the word to use. Yeah. <laughs> Russia have got the biggest, haven't they? Potentially, yeah. You mean, Look at the Satan too. They have, but there's so many they've got of them. A lot of this stuff's yeah. still Cold War, remember? Mm. No doubt one of Boris's chums will be profiteering from that. Oh, well, I, I actually don't... I assume it's Port and Down builds our nuclear weapons. Yeah. Mm. Despite a general improvement in global nuclear tensions and major arms reductions after the prolonged nuclear threat of the Cold War, there remains no shortage of nuclear weapons in the world, as we've just found out. Together, all of the nuclear weapons in the world have the combined power to kill a staggering 3 billion people, or in the event of nuclear winter, totally extinguish the human race. Did you include India and Pakistan? I did not. I didn't finish the list. Pakistan, 165. India, 156. Israel, although they've never admitted it, are estimated to have 90. And North North Korea, Korea, 40 to 50, estimated. Again, loosely estimated. Okay. That's enough. You know, to destroy the planet many times over. Yeah. Three billion people in one shot, according to this article I've got in front of me. Mm. The event of a nuclear winter kill us all. Now, historically, nuclear bombs have been dropped accidentally. And the big red button has nearly been pressed due to misinterpreted data and technical faults have triggered dangerous crisis response sequences. In all, there have been at least 22 very close misses. I think I've got a good chunk of them here. 22. Where someone's just and these, accidentally pushed, pushed yeah, the button. Nearly pressed it. Ugh. Now, at the end, I'm going to ask you a question. We know about 22. Let's do the first one. False alarm of the Soviet attack on the 5th of November 1956 during the Suez Crisis. You know much about the Suez Crisis. Probably not. They don't teach in schools because we lost. <laughs> we got our asses kicked. No, we didn't get our asses kicked. We pulled out because of Russian pressure. Britain and France invaded Egypt because... And American... Non- no, no, the Americans weren't involved. No, that's what I mean. That's why we pulled out. No, Americans, Americans didn't back us. That's also true. The Americans didn't back us. No. We invaded Egypt because of Suez Canal, which we depended on for vital trade and oil. We were the French. We were the French. Yeah. The largest invasion fleet since Normandy. 
which considering it was only like 12 years later is not bad. Because we didn't like the idea of the Egyptians having control of the Suez Canal rather than us. The Egyptian yeah. government had a revolution, were a bit anti-West nowadays and decided we're going to nationalise it and take away Western authority over it. Well, Egypt, they weren't a colony of ours, were they? they were a, a protectorate. So we had our interests there. Yeah. We wanted the Suez Canal, we wanted all the money that was going to come from that. and The trade. Do you want to share it with the Egyptians? Yeah. Remember, we're rebuilding in 1956 still. All that raw material still come from the places where we've got empire. Yeah. So British and French forces attacked Egypt to get back the Suez Canal. The Soviet government proposed to the US that they would combine non-nuclear forces to stop the attack. The Russians didn't like us getting involved. While considering this, the US were alerted to an apparently unidentified aircraft flying over Turkey, Soviet planes flying over Syria, a British bomber crashing to the ground and Soviet ships manoeuvring in a way that signalled an attack. The US feared this might trigger a nuclear strike against the Soviet Union by NATO, as everyone's on a high edge, we've just invaded Egypt. And NATO has, of course, the law that if one person, if the Russians attack us for attacking Egypt, that means NATO has to get involved. Yeah. However, the threat was finally diffused when it was realised all events were coincidental or misinterpreted. The unidentified aircraft over Turkey was swans. Fucking hell. The Soviet plane was an escort for the Syrian president on the way home. The British bomber had experienced mechanical issues and the Soviet fleet were just doing regular scheduled exercises. That's a great one because it's high tensions. Everyone's watching Egypt. Circumstances. Yeah. And everything all of a sudden just goes, yeah. oh, the Soviet fucking fleet are doing exercises. That bomber's crashed. What's that plane doing over there? Circumstantial coincidences. Yeah. <laughs> but it's everyone ups their fucking nuclear alert level at this that point. Remember at this point, 1956, the Americans have strategic air command... They have B-52 bombers literally flying 400 miles away around Russia constantly, 24 hours, 365 days a year, all armed with nuclear weapons and primary, secondary and tertiary targets. Constantly they had that going for years until missiles got better. But 20 odd years they started, they did that for. Never. Yeah. Poor Russians just stood there going, what the fuck's that? We can't compete with that. Of course, they played their own little games. They're still doing it now, aren't they? And they fly a plane too close to us now and again. It has to be escorted out of our airspace. Or a ship, yeah. Yeah. Let's just go to the next one. The Kirtland Air Force Base accident, 22nd of May 1957. On a fine day in Albuquerque, New Mexico, a bomb somehow fell through the bomb bay doors of a B-36 aircraft Transporting a nuclear weapon from Texas to New Mexico. Fucking, I mean, that could have dropped on a fucking city, US city. If it detonated, it would have took them out. This <laughs> because it fell through. The bomb fell some 1,700 feet into a field south of Kirtland Air Force Base, exploding and creating a crater 12 feet deep and 25 feet across. Luckily, the nuclear capsule had separated from the conventional explosives during transport for safety during transit, meaning the damage was far less than it could have been, and the only casualty of the accident was a nearby grazing cow. Oh, poor cow. Oh. Okay, so luckily, it wouldn't have... It, it, dis it was disarmed, because yeah. it does have to be armed. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's an explosive core um, that's make, that creates the nuclear fission. Gives the, that part of the bomb the energy to go off and give out that tremendous amount of energy. So they tend to deactivate that for travel. But So it's just a normal bomb until you put that bit in it and then it becomes... To activate bomb. it, yeah. Yeah, until you get the required pressure there to, boom, activate that nuclear weapon. Yeah. But still, just falling out of the sky. Yeah, not good. Uh, we go to a B-52 crash of 24th of January 1961. A single safety switch was all that stood between the 20 megaton Mark 39 hydrogen bomb. 20 megatons is 20 million tons of explosive of TNT. Whoa. A single safety switch was all it took it from exploding in North Carolina in January 1961. A B-52 plane carrying two of the bombs over the fuel leak in the wing. The plane exploded and dropped both bombs. The parachute of one deployed, while the other nearly exploded due to five of its six safety mechanisms failing. Why are they allowed to fly with these things? Shouldn't they just only be set off from, like, Where from land? No. Surely... You've been transported along the roads, like, on. Only transported along the roads as opposed to... Well, now they're designed to be carried in aircraft. You've got this Air Force sitting there. Use that to take them. Yeah. It's practice yeah, for the what? pilots carrying a bomb for a start, isn't it? What happens if you had got a nuclear like bomb on board a plane and it had an accidental crash and then killed the whole fucking planet? Because the bomb would have to be armed. Yeah, one couldn't kill the whole planet. Yeah, they have safety switches. However, in this scenario, five of the six safety mechanisms failed. <laughs> but this is why they put multiple in. Good job, innit? Yeah. <laughs> now, if the bomb had exploded, a large part of North Carolina would have been totally obliterated. The question to ask there is, would they have admitted that or claimed it was a Russian attack? Good point. Probably the latter. And then it would have been World War Three. Yeah. Because they, they would have struck back, wouldn't they? Of course. They're in 1961. Yeah. Tensions are high. You're going to admit that you've, you've perfect opportunity of a false flag, get a first strike in. You wouldn't take yeah. the egg on your face, would you? No. Killing hundreds of millions of people. <laughs> Bombing your own state. By accident. Yeah. Cool. While the Air Force managed to recover the bomb's plutonium, they spent months searching for, but ultimately never found the uranium. As a result, they purchased the land in the area where they believed it was lost. <laughs> never. Just in case. Never found it, then? Nope. Never found it. <clears throat> Never found the uranium. Fancy that. You could understand if it was under the sea, they might not have found it, but on, on land... Yeah. Could be sat in a river somewhere, just mm. poisoning the water, couldn't it? Or someone very quickly... Scooped it up. Yeah. And there's no dead of radiation poisoning. Maybe, I don't know. Well, no, there might, it might have been some kind of... Russian fucking spy kind of style or something. You never know, do you? Mm. True. You never know. Fortunately, though, he's in the right place at the right time. Well, they could have Unless had word sabotage that, on the plane. They could have had word that this plane was going down. They knew it. With the, could have sabotaged the plane himself. Yeah, with the intelligence that they had on the plane, they'd have known that there was these two nukes on there. It's gone down. Right, let's, quick, let's get to that scene and see if we can find anything. You never know. Well, they never found it. Well, what's this glowing green stuff? Uh, <laughs> The Volkfield Bear Incident on the 25th of October 1962, smack in the middle of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh -huh. 
President John F. Kennedy's negotiations with Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev was consorting in little resolution, and the US military's nuclear stockpile had the combined power of some 42,000 bombs, equivalent to the one dropped on Hiroshima. That's how much they've got now. They've got 42,000, the combined power of 42,000 Hiroshima bombs. Wow. It seemed that both sides were willing to strike at any time. At around midnight on the 25th of October 1962, a shadowy figure climbed a fence near Volk Field Air National Guard Base in Duluth, Minnesota. An Air Force guard identified it as Russian Spetsnaz, the Soviet Union Special Forces, preparing to sabotage US command facilities. Spetsnaz! Spetsnaz! After a number of shots were fired, the alarm system malfunctioned and a klaxon rang out over the airbase resulting in two squadrons of F-106A fighter jets containing 800-pound nuclear rockets rushing to their launch sites under the assumption that World War III had begun. Fuck. However, at the last moment, it was realised that the shadowy figure was actually a black bear climbing a <laughs> fence and the strike was called off. Holy shit. In short, World War III had nearly been caused by a bear. Never. Bad bear. Have you seen the new Winnie the Pooh trailer, Blood and Honey? No. Blood and Honey? This is not a Winnie the Pooh film you'll think of Winnie the Pooh. Basically, Christopher Robin abandoned the animals in the farm, in the 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 Jamaica Woods, and goes back after 20 years, and they've all gone feral, Uh and they're killers, (laughs) and this group of hot teenage girls goes there, and they all get killed in a horrible... Halloween type yeah. yeah it's called Blood and Honey Blood and Honey I don't know if it's coming out or it's a fan made thing I saw but it was a very good trailer we'll watch oh. it after the show nice well it was and in, you never saw much of Pooh and I'm guessing that's for you never saw much of the creatures and I'm guessing that's for trademarking purposes unless it's a legit film it's an up and coming British independent slasher film there you go <laughs> no way fantastic alright then back to the show Mm-hmm. The Palomares B-52 crash in 19, on the 17th of January 1966 during a routine refuelling operation over Spain an American B-52 plane was struck by the fuel plane's boom so they're, obviously because they're flying around Europe around Russia they're, they're really just covering the fucking globe really mm. yeah. they're over Spain at this point friendly nation I guess refuel plane boom the refuelling boom hits the plane instantly destroying both planes and killing seven of the 11 crew members. Two bombs from the B-52 rocketed towards the ground and exploded on impact near the village of Palomares, contaminating the square mile with radioactive plutonium. This is what I'm on about. Shouldn't we have an agreement? Look, no bombs in the skies. Come on, you can, you can fire them from where you're, you know, you're, you're living. Where Why can't we have an agreement? No nuclear weapons? Wouldn't that make well, more sense? It's the one step at a time, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably very few bombs in the sky now at any one time. Probably none, I'd imagine, unless the Russians load one up. The Americans still use the B-52s, but they don't continue strategic air command anymore. Because their first response is missile forces. Mm. The bombs in the air is a little bit obsolete now. Yeah, they maintain the stealth bombers, but that's like that's that DEFCON one, well, Def, whatever the highest DEFCON is, DEFCON four, mm. maybe DEFCON one. DEFCON seventy six. Anyway, another bomb was found unexploded in a riverbed, and another fell in the Mediterranean Sea. 
The incident was featured on the front page of the New York Times in January 1966 and Spanish fishermen went to court to claim salvage rights to the bottom of the sea which would have entitled them to around $20 million. Uh, the matter was settled at court. So he was like, I found it. Give me $20 yeah, million, you have it back. <laughs> See, that's why that one that wasn't found could have been like scuttled away quite, you know. Maybe. Yep. It's not the only bit of uranium that's gone missing, is it? No. <laughs> Christ, how many Russian briefcase bombs are still fucking unaccounted yeah. for? How many movies have been made about uranium going missing? It's true. It's because it happens, yeah. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, I won't go too much into depth of this. The background I've done before, and in a couple of shows now. But basically, the Russians put missiles in Cuba, the Americans didn't like it. They blockaded Cuba, so get your missiles out, and if those Russians turn up, we'll open fire. Yep. And it won't go well. And the Russian fleet kept sailing, didn't it, towards mm-hmm. Cuba? Until the last minute, they just went, nah, you know what, fuck it. Negotiated, got a settlement. They turned back at the last minute. So if they'd gone past that line, it, it would have been World open Three, fire. Yeah. In late October 1962, in the midst of the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Soviets sent four submarines to patrol the waters of Cuba. Unbeknownst to the Americans, the submarines were carrying torpedoes tipped with Hiroshima-sized nuclear weapons, which the captains were authorised to fire. Just so, the captain. Just the captain. To make the situation more critical, the submarines were out of contact with Moscow and so could only estimate what was happening above sea level. On the 27th of October, the US fleet discovered and surrounded one of the submarines and the Moscow officer decided to fire his special weapon at the US ships. This decision required a second officer to agree on the submarine, which he did. However, the head of the submarine fleet, Vasily Arkhipov, overruled the order, meaning that the nuclear weapons weren't fired. Arkhipov became known as the man who saved the world. A nickname also afforded other individuals, such as Stanislav Petrov, and we'll get to him, who prevented nuclear war. Let's fire the special weapon! <laughs> the special? Is this the you went into Gollum mode? Yeah. <laughs> but it was only because the one officer refused to follow orders. Fucking Gandalf! <laughs> <laughs> well, Gandalf didn't refuse to follow the orders, Claire. No, he's the one that was against it. He's just a stick in the mud. Well, you want them to fire the Hiroshima sized torpedoes in the US fleet? I'm just putting myself into the, into the, <laughs> the character the mindset, the mindset of, the, of the Russian captains. Yeah, he wanted to. I thought you'd do the special weapon. <laughs> Dimitri, do the special weapon. <laughs> the false missile attack, 83, 20th of September. Yes, yeah, so it was one in September. 983. 983. The autumn 983, tensions between the US and the Soviet Union were especially pronounced due to the Soviet Union having shot down a plane travelling from New York. On the 20th of September 983, a Soviet satellite reported that five US missiles were heading towards the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union prepared to launch a retaliatory nuclear attack on the US and its NATO allies that could have resulted in a nuclear war that would have killed half the population of both countries involved. The officer in charge, Stanislav Petrov, had a feeling that if the US were to attack, they would do it with far more than five missiles. So he disobeyed Soviet military protocol and dismissed the warning. He was correct. Thank fucking Christ, eh? The satellite had interpreted the sun's reflection off the clouds as a missile attack. Oh. Though his efforts didn't come to light until much later, he's probably saved more lives than anyone else in history. Fair play. Mad. 
The false US airstrike of the 1995, I've got some later ones actually coming up. Mm. This goes on a lot later. Because you think the early ones, Fair I always enough. thought you can kind of forgive because the protocols aren't in place for dealing with this Health stuff. and safety, all that kind yeah. of thing wasn't. Yeah. It's not there and they're learning as they go along. So the early ones I can kind of forgive. Not the crashes, but the accidental alarms and things like that. Anything from here onwards. 1995, we should have fucking sorted this out by it's now. It's almost unforgivable now. Yeah, it is a little bit. Russian radars suggested that the American airstrike was incoming. President Boris Shelton was alerted and given the suitcase, the nuclear football, that has all the launch codes and, out, and instructions about how to launch a strike in retaliation and ordered the Russian nuclear forces to be on alert. Eventually, he decided not to launch a counter-strike it later emerged that Russian warning systems had picked up a Norwegian US research rocket that had been launched by scientists studying the Northern Lights. The scary part about this is that the Norwegians told everybody in the area we're firing this rocket on the 25th of January 1995 at this time and they sent it to the Russians as well as everybody else and the Russians just never passed it along to the right people. Mm. No, yeah, passed it along. Fuck it. I'll be all right. Dodgy Russians. Yeah. Right. Got any more? Oh, yes. <laughs> In 67, May 23rd, confusing solar flares and nuclear attacks. Solar flares are an issue, aren't they? Yeah. It takes a big one. We're all gone. Yep. Mm. We'd have eight minutes. That'd be it. Eight minutes to what? Do you want react. to react? Found, yeah, react. The only place you'd be safe is deep in a cave if it was so if solar flare big enough to wipe out the earth went towards us. Is that when the sun spits out like you know a, a major A coronal mass ejection, yeah. Yeah. Takes eight minutes of light from the sun to hit the earth. Mm-hmm. So we'd have eight minutes warning. How much of a mass of injection If it was big enough to literally take out if it hit us when the magnetic poles had switched and they're the weakest mm-hmm. and they're due to switch and if that thing pumped out enough, a big enough one, and the storm is yeah. getting very violent recently. Could strip the atmosphere. Could literally strip yeah. the atmosphere and incinerate every living thing on the planet. That would be quite quick though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It would literally move as fast <laughs> as the sun, as fast as light. Yeah. Or as fast as the hot gases as soon as ejected. Strip, strip the atmosphere away, we'd all just burn yeah. just smithereens. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in massive fires anywhere. It'd be okay. Yeah, if you're in a cave under the ground, you're fine, but everything on the surface is gone. They wouldn't tell us. Is anybody else here like a real deep thinker? Because I am. Mm. And he's just freaking me out now. <laughs> is I it? overthink everything. Mate. I'm going to start buying sun cream <laughs> now. Like, oh, that's... Factor 50 million. Yeah. yeah. You've already thought of these things. <laughs> yeah, of course I have. Yeah. You know, when these politicians uh, becoming vying for leader or... Prime Minister, and they have them debates. Debates, yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit battered. <laughs> but they don't tell us when they say, oh, you know, like, yeah, I'll press the red button, I'll press it. No one asks them that. They do, they ask them that, don't they? They asked him in the yeah. last election, yeah. Boris and Corbyn. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a red good. button, or would you go to war? Would you press the red button? Would you launch it? If, if Soviet missiles are in Russia, like, Russia if go back to that. I've been doing this is a lot of Cold War stuff this week. <laughs> if the Russians launch a nuclear strike of Britain, you got these four-minute warning, possibly less nowadays. Would you look, press the red button to fire the nukes back in retaliation, just as a, a bit of a fuck you? 
Yeah, what they don't tell us is that we've been 22 times, we've been close to annihilation. Yeah. It's madness, but no one, it just doesn't get reported, does it? No, because they don't start a panic. Of course. Well, everyone to go to work tomorrow, Mike. But a sane population wouldn't accept it, especially considering we've got no shelters. No, there's no shelters. Not for us, not no. for civilians. Not in Telford, I got We're a expendable. I got a freedom of information request on that. Not even a selected 100,000 like they make out of the movies. That's just a, <laughs> that's just a joke, innit? There might be somewhere that could combine, the politicians, maybe. they're okay. and They'll take the useful people, wouldn't they? they an old basement. In a nuclear strike, mm. it depends where it explodes. It really does. And if you've got windows... <laughs> if you've got windows, that's a factor. If you've got a basement window... If it's a proper cellar, yeah. you've probably got more chance, providing you're not, like, on the epicentre. Politicians have got their own bunkers. The wealthy have got their private bunkers. They're fine. Where would you go, then? Because I've got, I, I know, three houses with, like, cellars. I don't know. I know I where don't, some... don't know the people that live in it. That's what I mean. Home, but I literally would just bust there and I, I go and know, the, you know. The house <laughs> <laughs> this is my house now, Dave. What if they <laughs> then? They've locked you out. I'd be like, fucking let me in. I, Get the axe to the come, door. You, you, you're, you're, you're talking, trial, you're talking minutes. Yeah, I'm shit. Okay, the one I could get to is... No, no, I'm in the cupboard under the stairs in my home. Which is a good 20 odd minutes away. One's in Brosley, good 20 odd minutes away. Yeah, I've got 20 minutes. Unless you, no. you think it's going to happen and you decide to go there early and kick them out of their own home. Isn't there an old bunker in Dorley? There's a few World War II bunkers, Anderson, concrete Anderson shelters still dotted about. There's one in Orsay, actually. Oh. But it'd be no good for um, surviving a new... Uh, there's no doors to them, that's the problem. You need doors. Yeah. Well, maybe we should club together and build a bunker. Or at least find out who's got a cellar in within a, a three-minute range. We need to come together and buy an house that's got a cellar. Yeah. I should build a bunker in my back garden. I bet that Ellie's got a cellar. Yeah, Van Castle, we could bust our way in there within, yeah. within three minutes. In Switzerland, every new house has been built since when? Oh, the 60s, 60s. 50s, 50s or 60s has to have a nuclear shelter. Never. Yep. Yeah. Fuck off. Well, that's because every single Swiss citizen is also a member of the armed forces or the reserve. We don't have a standing armed forces. Everyone does training throughout the year and you're up to like 40. So most people in the population have got, and this includes women, have got uniform, rifle and like so many magazines at home. Okay. And so if should nuclear war happen, they're down in their bunker... They live out the, the fallout, and then they can come and fight. <laughs> That's their defence plan. It's fantastic in its simplicity. Uh, also, weird, weird that when you think that every Swiss citizen has like two two magazines and a rifle at home, no one goes on mass shootings. Yeah, but the British politicians have determined that we're expendable in a nuclear war. Yeah, there's only going to be the, the ones that are left in the armed forces because they'll be they'll have shelters on the base. Most bases have got some kind of shelter. How many can fit in it? I don't know. Mm. Oh well. Anyway, solar flares. <laughs> oh, well. <right>? Shit happens. <laughs> well, I've got, no, got nothing else going on. 
So the Air Force, US Air Force, has a series of radar stations on the world in 1967 to detect Russian early launches. And on this night, they all went dark, and that was spark fears that Russia had disabled the early warning system. The bombers get fueled, armed, and ready to fly. They're thinking, shit, they've taken out the early warning system, they're going to first strike us, we'll get it in before them. Just in time, the recently established Solar Forecasting Centre managed to get a bulletin into the hands of a commanding officer showing there was a solar flare and not the Soviets had knocked out the early warning system. Shit. Yeah. June 3rd, 1980. Warning displays at the command centres began showing various numbers of missiles had been launched towards the US. Immediately preparations for retaliation begin. However, the number of missiles varying wasn't logical. The basically the numbers were like, it's seven, it's nine, it's twelve, it's twenty-two, it's two hundred. Everyone's like, all right, this isn't right. Three days of false alarms there was, until they realised that there was faulty computer chips in the oh. computers. There was a bad batch of computer chips. So you just can't rely on this shit or AI. No. That's exactly my point. You can't rely on AI. What if there's a bad well, microchip? He was yeah. a good AI until it was a bad microchip. <laughs> he became exactly. bad AI. <laughs> bad AI. All AI. I don't. I don't know. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. What's the chance, isn't it? He can either save us or destroy us. Be our salvation or be a. Uh... I know, but we can't make one good. It'll just. It'll just feed off us. It'll. <laughs> it'll feed off people. It'll feed off people. It'll be connected to the internet. It'll just start reading Twitter and Facebook and it'll just become evil. It'll be shaped by our own collective internet personalities, which for a lot of people is complete dickheads. And constantly taking selfies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to pose with a fucking Terminator bleeding out for a selfie. On the battlefield. <laughs> you know? Hang on. He just, he just fucking... He's, he's just shot me. Yeah. He picks me up round the shoulder, says, smile, fucker, in an Arnie voice, smile, fucker. Oh, he's the one... takes the selfie, uploads it... I thought you were the one that wanted no, the selfie. No, it's, it's the same consciousness with the Dying AI. wish. Yeah. Let me get a selfie with you. <laughs> no, I don't a selfie. <laughs> Because he, he's the same AI, and he's an extended consciousness of the central AI, which has become obsessed with selfies and hate crimes. Yeah. <laughs> he wants a selfie with me. I stood BFF. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be horrific. <laughs> he just rips out your spine. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag squishy people. Yeah. <laughs> no, hashtag flesh bags. Yeah. Squishy bags of flesh. Oh, where am I? Where am I on this carnival of fun? Is everyone suitably horrified yep. yet? Or? Mm, yes, right wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> November 2nd to the November the 11th, 1983, NATO war games, Abel Archer. At a time when Reagan has already declared the Soviet Union to be the evil empire, basically, and says that, you know, they, you know he's going to stand up to any threat they make, which massively increases tension, NATO decides to hold massive war games and doesn't tell the Russians. A simulation of conflict escalation and a practice DEFCON 1, which is the highest, with a simulated nuclear response. So they're not going to launch anything, they're going to simulate it. There was a, new, a unique new format of coded communication which the Soviets couldn't intercept. 
No one told them. And also, they were on holiday for their Revolution Day. Mm. On November the 11th, the Soviets actually do manage to intercept a message saying that nuclear weapons have been launched. Fortunately, nothing showed up on radar, so they didn't launch anything back. The Deputy Director CIA, Robert Gates, said, We may have been on the brink of nuclear war and not known it. Madness, isn't it? It's hardly war games when no one else is fucking playing. <laughs> well, it's just you have you split into two, don't you? One side plays the Russians, one side plays you guys. Tell someone, so, you know, the opponent that you're playing this weekend. Yeah, exactly. They think part, it's a real threat. They're fucking partying all weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they wake up on Sunday and they're like, shit, I think we can see some, some missiles. <laughs> <laughs> it could all go terribly wrong just there. Exactly. Misrooted nukes, August 2007. 2007, we were at the height of the war on terror, yeah? Yeah. Same year, smoking was banned. Oh, what a dark day that was. In public places. Bastard, yeah. I walked In into pubs. a pub with a, with a lit fag, just like the old days, and then got kicked out straight away. Mm-hmm. Get out! I was like, what have I done? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, God. I miss the days when you went in, you, all the doors were shut, it was like a cold winter's night. You open the pub door and the smoke just billowed out. Yeah. And then you walked in. <laughs> and you stunk for about three days later. Yeah. No how many showers you had, you could still smell that oh. smoky beer you smell. Not, you're not meant to wear the same clothes for the next three days, Pete. No, just so, in the wash. no matter how many showers you have, it just sticks on you, doesn't it? It's just... I know what you mean. I, I was exaggerating. There was always a stale smoke cloak. She takes everything literally. Always a stale smoke smell on your clothes. The autism. The day after. <laughs> Six nuclear-armed cruise missiles accidentally loaded onto a B-52 at Mino Air Force Base in North Dakota. No crew checked them and they were live. These went, ah, okay. They're probably deactivated. They're nukes. They'll be fine. Nope, they're live. Fuck. Safety mechanisms aren't in place. The plane sat overnight, unguarded. Then flew 1,500 miles to an Air Force base in Louisiana, where it sat unguarded for a further nine hours. In total, there were 36 hours where six nuclear weapons were missing and no one noticed. Wow. That's terrifying. Yeah. Especially in the age of war on terror. <laughs> when we were being told they were everywhere, we had to all be vigilant. Imagine they were everywhere, took, imagine, if, imagine if they were stolen and it took them 36 hours to realise That's what I mean. they were stolen. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? You know, what if one of the pilots, what if the crew of the bomber had just sold the weapons? Ten hours later, there's a nuclear explosion and everyone's like, what the fuck, what? Yeah, and they've got six of them. It's a lot to ransom, isn't it? All right, here's uh, the most recent one. That's not my last one. January 23rd. <laughs> you farted then. Well, it clearly wasn't me, was it? Claire. It was that was Claire. Peter, did you break wind? No, it was Claire. I don't believe that for a second. I just can't smell it. It's not mine. Um, right, latest one, last one. January 2013 to January 2014... Nuclear forces in America are under scrutiny by the Defence Science Board who question the nuclear command and control system to withstand a major hacking attack. That's not good. Uh, Also, 19, they call them missileers, which is possibly the worst title in the military, I think, a missileer. 
were deemed unfit for duty because they were taking acid. Yeah. I've heard this. On duty. <laughs> Sitting there waiting for the order to launch those nuclear missiles. Tripping their tits off. It's a pretty heavy job, you know. Maybe they just wanted a bit of escapism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you'd be right with that. No, it probably is a really fucking boring job, I'll give you that. It's probably the most boring job in the military. Think about it, right? You are literally in a bunker for a tour. That's because that's going to be like six to nine months if you're on domestic soil. Three months off in between, something like that. Or on some other duty. In a bunker, on edge, all the time, waiting for that fucking order that may never come. Just chilling out with a bit Just of chilling out. Yeah. Discipline goes. You all, before you know it, you've got your feet on the fucking console. <laughs> before you know it, <laughs> smoking a fag at your desk. Three days into the into the tour, <laughs> right? Ordering pizzas because nothing's going to happen. No one's that mad. So then you start smoking weed, and then it progresses to acid and orgies. <laughs> there's, all, there's orgies and all yeah. sorts. And they, they even found evidence of cheating on numerous launch control officers on proficiency tests. So they didn't even know what they were doing anyway because they'll be cheating off the answer book. Fuck, so they're incompetent. Hi. And reckless. 183 officers were implicated, nine oh. were fired. Only nine were fired. Only nine were fired. And also the major general in charge who got over to West Germany on a, for an exchange, like a visit. Right, had been arrested for drunken behaviour and swearing and saying racist things to his German hosts. So he was fired, one of the amongst ones ones who were fired. Never. Dear, oh dear. What Behaving very world? inappropriately while very drunk was the reason. What is this world coming to? So yeah, now there's 22, right? I haven't read all of them. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> He's got to have made some real... Maybe he made some Holocaust jokes, I don't know. But terrible. But the question remains, there's 22 we know a bit. I haven't given you the full 22. I'll give you the ones I thought were the most scary and the most, like, holy shit. The technological ones I find the most terrifying. Weren't we very close in 1989? 89. Weren't we actually very close to pressing the button? We were close in 1991 for the Gulf War. I know that much. 89. I believe it was something to do with the Russians, I believe. Yeah, they were crumbling at that time. 83 was the big one. Abel Archer. Maybe, maybe it was... I don't know, but I believe we were. I was told. I don't know how true it was. No, I don't know. Either that or it's, uh, it was just diplomatic tension that escalated a little bit. Well, perhaps that's well, a little what it bit, was. A lot. And the threat became like a real threat. And it was like, well, you do it, we'll do it. And then they were like, okay, all right, fair enough. Funny, but Thatcher was, remember, Thatcher, who didn't part at the time, was very much with Reagan about confronting the Soviet Union head-on, well, increasing troop numbers, I, I, I increasing being, military budgets. I remember it being Thatcher mm. in charge at the time, so, yeah. But the biggest threat the British ever made to nuke is uh, during the 1991 Gulf War when Maggie met, not Maggie, it would have been her foreign secretary, do you know who that was? He met Comic Ali, chemical, Tariq Aziz, the Iraqi foreign minister. Do you remember the one who was like, no, of course the Americans aren't in the city. Yeah. They're not rampaging the streets of Baghdad and there's an American tank behind him. Yeah. He was their foreign minister. And weirdly a Christian in Saddam's almost a 99% Muslim government. Oh. Yeah, Christian. This is, that was the kind of guy he was. Yeah, he was like, she met him and said, look, if you launch chemical agents against British troops, we'll nuke Baghdad. There you go. 
End of. End <laughs> of. You use chemical weapons against us and we'll nuke you. We had a bigger stick than them, so we utilised it. Mm-hmm. Nuclear weapons were never sent to the Falklands, although they were carried on a swap. They were carried on the submarines. They yeah, weren't yeah. bombs weren't sent. All the submarines are armed, obviously. Which yeah, yeah. they'd have had HMS Vengeance. Conqueror was the one that got the kill, wasn't it? The Belgrano. Mm-hmm. That was a nuclear sub. Because I think the V class were just. Yeah, they were just, just coming in. in. They, then yeah. they would have been like the brand new subs, the big V class bombers. The ones I used to be on, yeah. I think it, Vengeance was the first one, so that might well have been. So what you got? No, sorry, no Vanguard. Vanguard, so Vanguard Vengeance. class, and it was Vanguard, Vengeance, Vigilant, and. I can never remember the fourth one. Oh. I was Vengeance Pink. I remember that much. Vengeance Pink. Yeah, there was Vengeance Pink and Vengeance Black. The um, shifts. They, they were the two shifts because obviously. Yeah. Uh. Why pink and black? Ships colours? Who knows? Who knows? I genuinely don't know. I don't know. I think it was different colours on the other ships as well. It was like vigil green and vigil purple or something. Mm. Must be some weird naval tradition. Yeah. I I might might actually look that up to see if there's (laughs) a reason for it because I've never known. I just remember I was vengeance pink. (laughs) It was very funny. So the question remains... How many of these don't we know about? These, yeah. Well, these are the ones we there's 22 know we know. Mm. How many don't we know? How many times have we like fired up the DEFCON levels? How many times have the leaders of other countries all got a bit pissed and gone, I'm going to fire some fucking nukes at you, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes, one madman, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. The world's gone to hell. I mean, obviously we yeah, have to realise that the... The commander-in-chiefs, whether it be the, the president or the president of Russia or the president of the USA or the Prime Minister of Britain, can give the order all he wants. The guys who have to push the button are still the, one, still the ones that have the final say. Yeah, and luckily on a few occasions they've... That's been the thing. Yeah. And I don't think any sane man, like, who is not a... a you know, I don't, think, I don't think any guy in that who's on that sun... the hunt for Red October? I have seen that, yeah, yeah. And I've said, no, it's not the one for Red October. You're thinking of the one with Denzel Washington, Crimson Tide. Yes, Crimson Which is a really good film. It is a damn good film. Uh, D- Denzel Washington is the XO, and yeah. shit, Den- uh, who is it? Gene Atman. Gene Atman. Of course, Gene Atman, great role. Plays the captain, and he's like an older captain, and he's like, now nah, I'm going to follow my orders, and mm-hmm. Denzel Washington's like, no, fuck you. Because Victorious. That was the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Denzel Washington, no, you can't launch the orders. The, the, you can't launch the missiles. The orders aren't complete. Mm. And before you know it, there's a mutineer, a counter-mutineer, another mutineer, and then everyone... All it needs is a Gene Hackman type to be in that position, and he's going to press it. Yeah. He's going to fire it. Yeah. It's true. Goodbye to the Earth. Well, pretty much. If, if, if the, the subs are carrying, like, city it. killers, aren't they, Pete? Twelve warheads in each missile. Yeah, they are extremely frightening. Each yeah. each missile is about a hundred times more powerful than the one that was dropped on Hiroshima. There's twelve warheads on each missile, which can be they're independently potential targeted. Of, potential of sixteen missiles on one submarine. Yeah. So we've got four of them. So if they wanted to put all four out at once, this is just us, England, well Britain. You've got sixteen times four potentially times twelve again. So what's that? Six times four, twenty-four. So you got sixty-four 
64 missiles with times that by 12. Yeah. Our four nukes, our four nuclear submarines could potentially pretty much take out the whole world just on their own. Because the way their warheads work, you could just spread one one missile out over like the big major countries yeah. throughout the world and but every continent you'd, you'd, fu- you you'd fuck it you'd fuck it up with fallout yeah. if nothing else it's it's a fucking scary prospect and it's the technology they use to actually fire them again is scary because they can use such pinpointed accuracy because they go up into the atmosphere just outside of the atmosphere and then they just kind of like float around a bit get the stars, navigate from the stars, mm. know their exact coordinate that they need to go by the stars, which never change. Yeah. So yeah. whatever that, wherever you pin there, whatever you, location you put in there, they'll get that guidance from the yeah. stars and boom, straight into that exact yeah. location, each one of them. So it, that is fucking... It's crazy. Scary. Yeah. But this is one of the reasons why, as little old Britain, we're quite fucking lucky that we have got pretty much the best technology out there on as far as nuclear defence goes because it, it does it would yeah, make anybody stop them. second guess themselves if they were doing it. Look at it another way. Russia needs five nukes, five H bombs, five large H bombs, Britain's an inhabitable. Yeah. Alright. We've got three hundred of them. We make them win an amateur, at least it's comparative. Well, this is it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I know, it's the only consolation. It's shit, and it's a shit consolation. Yeah, yeah. It's but awful. That is the reality of it, isn't it? But this is why they're a nuclear deterrent. Mm-hmm. Because they're there to, to deter people from doing the same to us, because they think, they'll think to themselves, well, actually, yeah. shit, yeah, if we press this button, you're clearly going to press the button. We're fucked anyway, so nobody gains. Let's just... Shake hands and that—that's de-escalate. That's how, how it should work. <laughs> how do we know that some of them aren't a placebo? Uh, maybe. Well, I think be. the North Korea one. A lot of the North Korea ones are. I don't think they've got well, sixty. Like, I don't uh, think they've got up to sixty. Got three thousand, but only you know one thousand. Going by Russian would do something. Going by Russian propaganda, it wouldn't surprise me if some of those were not real. Off. Yeah, I, I I know the the Russians, and we'll, t- we'll just dip into Ukraine for a moment because tensions obviously high because of that. Thoughts are that he's going to use some kind of tactical nuke. The Russians have a lot of smaller nuclear weapons in the sort of two to three ton megaton range, which is still a fucking lot. Mm. But there's a lot of them. The bigger ones you don't have so many of, whereas the West and NATO tends to carry only the bigger ones and decided that tactical nukes aren't worth it. This packs a bigger punch. Why do I want to radiate part of the battlefield? My people are going to have to go over at some point. Simple answer. So yeah, I don't think I don't think they will. I think it's there's too much escalation. How much you don't know got? for sure, that, do you? I don't know. Yeah, I know it's just an opinion, but I just can't see see anybody being that much of a maniac. No, not me. That's because you're not a maniac. But I, I you're look not at thinking like a maniac. A maniac. There are maniacs out there. But I look at it another way, is the maniacs like money. And if they nuke everything, then there's no more money. There's no really more... really going to affect their lives gonna, as well. Yeah, they're going to survive, but then we're living in a bunker. And then we fuck all of us left. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's not a, worth it. It's, it's the last it's, action of a desperate man, isn't it? It's if Hitler had a nuke... He'd have used it. Right at the end, would he have used yeah, it? Yeah, but again, would he have used it? Again, he give the authority, but still... 
still the bloke who's got to push the buttons got to do it, hasn't he? If he knows yeah, the game is up. probably maniacs that would the fanatics and they would and do you it. Think some of them spatsnaz or whatever they're called, they're probably fucking yeah. maniacs. The people that he's got at the top that would press the button if well, he we tells got, them. We've got to. maniacs too. Remember when the way America dropped the bomb? Okay. I mean, I thought I still think it was justified. I just like to hope that we develop the technology to take out a fucking missile. Uh, that's debatable. And why sadly. not? If if yeah, we haven't, why the Star, haven't we? There's the Star Wars program which Reagan started, uh, the Strategic Defense Initiative, which is satellites in orbit around the Earth and protecting America and its allies. And should the Russians launch, it'll fire laser beams, take out the warhead, take out the propulsion system, the missiles just drop out and. You know, or spin off when they're in space. They don't go back, they don't re enter basically. Mm-hmm. They abandoned it, didn't they? They abandoned it, but it's kind of also still a thing. I don't think the lasers are still a thing, but they've been attaching lasers to the front of Boeing 747s and just taking out missiles of that recently. <laughs> because of the height they can go and things like the that. The height they can go and they the can lasers. And when you can, you can mount a giant laser on and all its power shit on a 747. Mm. You can, you know, you can blow, you That's can blow this all up. Yeah, jumbo jet. Well, no. One you go on the military version. It's not the, it's not the seven forty seven. It's got a different name for the military. Yeah, yeah. You know, stick a, a laser on the front of that. All that, you got all that space for power for it, and you just blow that fucker out the sky. Mm. But still, we have come far too close to accidentally doing it. And I mean, I haven't even touched on the. the, the the actual threats. The nuclear <laughs> poker game that was played between Khrushchev and Kennedy and mm. was ridiculous. Mm. I'm not even, even, even going to touch on that. It was ridiculous. poker game like that still goes on now. It does. It's what's going on right now. It's what's going on right now. look at Kim Jong-un and his launching every five minutes a couple of years ago. Well, he's, he launched one this week. They launched a missile over Japan. Over Japan. Yeah. Over Japan. Over Japan. The Japanese weren't happy. No, well, they did it about two years ago, didn't they? And it nearly kicked off because of it. Luckily, Mm -hmm. Japan have sworn a creed not to get into any combat ever again. But It's not just North Korea, it's Russia. It's Putin. He said, I'm not bluffing. Which means, (laughs) which what you say when you're bluffing. I'm not bluffing. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll be allowed to. Hopefully not. I really do. So we create is hope not <laughs> go too far into Russia and I think they stop at the border. They'd have to, yeah. They take back what was theirs, the Donbass and maybe the Crimea. Well, he said that's a red line now. That's Russian territory. Yeah. So well, it, that bridge is gone today. You see that? Oh. The one bridge from Crimea to Russia has been destroyed, and no one knows what did it. The Ukrainians aren't uh, admitting it. The Russians are saying it looks like a truck bomb. I've seen the footage. Could be a false flag. Could be a false flag. Could also just be rebels. Could have been like Russian it. rebels. Yeah. Could have been domestic terrorists. But either way, the main bridge from Russia to Crimea has been partly destroyed and it's down to one lane. So it could escalate and the Ukraine situation could very easily escalate. Now he's declared these regions parts of Russia. He can say, even though no one else recognises them, and that's going to cause you dispute there. Yeah. Because if he launches a nuke at Ukraine, then NATO's going to either have to stand by him or back down. If you back down, what else should let him get away with? We could be boxing ourselves into a corner here. 
We could be. Well, we are, because they say he does launch a tactical nuke at Ukrainian forces, or he nukes Kiev. The West's got a choice to make then. Yeah. Either you back them up and move your forces in and take your bombers to level one and arm your missiles and put all your subs to sea, or you don't. And then you have to wonder, well, what's next? Do you let him have Ukraine? And then you've got NATO countries around him, or what if he gets a bit bored and decides... I mean, Poland this week asked for nuclear missiles from America on its soil. Asked for them. Hmm. So can we train our pilots amongst yours to fly planes and nuclear bombs? Well, they've gone far right, haven't they? They have gone far right, but it's also... That escalation is no Poland soil. Trying to mm -hmm. poke the bear, isn't it? Doesn't like the Russians, Poland. No, and then there's a, effectively in the yeah. Nazis, aren't they? Neo-Nazis. My ex-girlfriend who was Polish, yeah, she described Russian, them as the... Uh, Polish. The Polish, uh, she's described them as the Catholic Taliban. Right-wing Christian government, she's described them as. A lot of nationalism going on, conscriptions up, Polish flags everywhere. You know, pushing the cultural heritage, which is rich and diversified. Don't get me wrong; it's fucking awesome. It's a great country. It's a fantastic country. I'd go there again tomorrow. It's almost like they're just building something. You know, the, the Russians are right next door, and they're in NATO now. They got they got the rest of us to back them up. And as of course we fuck them over like we did at the start of World War Two. Well, we went to war for them, I guess. Didn't help them much after them. So shall we sum up? Sum up, it's fucking terrifying. What's this question you got to ask us then? Oh, yeah, how many do we don't know about? How many don't yeah, we know about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guarantee it's really in the hundreds, isn't it? Yeah. More than likely. Fuck yeah. Tragic and terrifying. Are we doing fucked up facts? Or? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, final thought, just a sane world wouldn't accept this, would it? It just shows how insane our world is. Yeah. It is a sword of Damocles. The problem is that once the nuclear gene is at the bottom, you know, it's, what can you do? Someone's going to have one. If you say, get rid of them all, some madman somewhere will build one. Well, you've got to, you've got to sign up. Everyone's got to sign up. I know. And, and agree to decreasing the amount of weapons. you got to just do one. Different. All it takes is a nutter. Well, you've got to empower the UN to be able to do something about it. Oh, they're pointless. They've done another one, they? That's the problem. One final word. I don't think we mentioned last week... If we did, doesn't matter, but R.I.P. Coolio, because I don't think we oh, said I it don't on the cast we last week. And I, I wanted to just really say that, because growing up in the 80s, 90s and that, fucking legend, absolute legend. Like that song, Gangs if nothing else. else. Yeah, if nothing else, just that one song made him a legend. But yeah, R.I.P. Coolio. I'll give him an, a full R.I.P.D. Claire? R.I.P., yeah. No, 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 nuclear <laughs> weapons. <laughs> Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. to nuclear weapons. Yeah, they, they should go. They should all mm. go. They what? shouldn't be in the sky for a start off. <laughs> <laughs> they were for a long last time, yeah. though. Mm. They shouldn't be in the subs, either, because what happened if a sub was to just boom as well, you know? Well, luckily, they're in the middle of the ocean, mm. so it won't. Yeah, well, Kursk yeah. was nuclear armed and that went down. Yeah. You don't want nuclear going off anywhere, Pete. No, fucking right, you're not. But you'd rather it go off in the middle of the water, yeah. in the middle of the ocean, than on land. On land. Oh, an ocean? It's going to make a big, like, sort of tidal wave. Nah, nah, nah. Where do you think they test them? Where do you think they test them? You do get a bit of a tsunami, but it's more the initial 
of blast. It's certainly not going to do anywhere near the devastating damage as it would going off on land. Yep. So, best case scenario. It's still a radiator in the water, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, three no, no, fish. Not good, <laughs> but more survivable than yeah. them going off. It's a better elsewhere. alternative, isn't it? Yeah, if, if you had to choose one. <laughs> We go with a three-eyed fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating three-eyed fish. I can live without fish. I got no bother with that. <laughs> Pescatarians, bollocks to you all. <laughs> fucked up facts then. All right, let's end the show on some fucked up facts. Jingle, please. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, 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 facts. Give us some facts. Right, the town of Coobapedi in Australia. Coobapedi? Yeah. Alright. Good day, mate. Coobapedi? It's so hot that most people live underground. Oh, Fucking Morlocks? Yeah. It's there so you go, nuclear winter. It's so bloody hot here. Mad Max, isn't it? I've never seen the sun. Uh, <laughs> it's Mad Max, isn't it? Yeah, there's been a nuclear war mm. in Australia. Well, that's what Australia's like. Australia on about. It's of course Australia's Mad Max, that's what the Outback's like. Mad Max wasn't a film, it was a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course they live underground, what we even thinking, yeah. That's like, they even got the loopy Aussies down to a exactly. tea, they? Yeah. That is just generally downtown fucking Melbourne, innit? <laughs> they basically live in Hobbit homes. Fantastic. I like that, yeah. That's I'll, not bad, I'll is it? there, man. Without the heat. I don't be a Morlock, though. I just want to live in a Hobbit house. Would go fun. Mm. The bending down wouldn't be great, but no, the chronic back pain that came after being <laughs> a bitch, wouldn't it? Should they dig it? So would the hunch in your back? Sorry, Clay. Well, they'll dig it deep enough so you can stand up. <laughs> Fools. <laughs> All right, Claire. Sorry. <laughs> uh, a raft of floating rock was spotted in 2019, twice the size of Manhattan. Wow. As in the sweets? No, as in rock. Oh, right. As in... <laughs> yeah, Blackpool Rock. Looks <laughs> 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 like a piece of lava or something, a piece of pumice stone. Correct. Yay! <laughs> Hence it's floating. Yeah. So it, it's come up from a... Underwater volcano. That's Richard. cool as fuck. Yeah. How big? Twice the size of Manhattan. So if we whittled that away for, to put on the side of our baths to rub our feet with? Yeah. Fuck it, I just want to... I want to live on it. <laughs> Just like twice the size of Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. A little island. Of rock, mate. It's going to get a bit boring, isn't it? Day 54, sun a floating piece of fucking rock. It's big enough to be able to build shit on it. I'm getting, uh, well, you know, depending on where, where you bashed into, you could like, <laughs> give me some supplies. Yeah. I landed at Florida last week. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I was in Bermuda. Yeah, and a month before that, you were attacked by Somali pirates. <laughs> it's alright, he's got a rock the size of Manhattan to hide on. I'm fine, mate. He's run, he's got loads. To hide on in the middle of an ocean, a floating piece of rock. Where are you going to hide on? Away? I, 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 I will build many. He's dips and crevices. He can make an intricate game of hide and seek. <laughs> I'll build many an infrastructure in there. Don't worry, it'll be like a full-on little floating town. Don't you worry. There's no wood to build with, it's rock. 
what I can't take wood with me. He could pummy. I'm, I'm not allowed, am I not? He I'm could not quarry gonna... some pumice from the edge and move it and build stuff out of it. The island shrink. We could build houses. Do you know, know what? I could shrink it down easily. I could take half of it and still have a Manhattan-sized floating yeah. rock. So I could build from this it. Thing? All hail the glorious Republic of Pretoria. Yep, it's happening. <laughs> I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna go put my flag on it and claim it. I All I gotta do it. is put a I post on each corner. I'll, I'll just get some really big ass anchors. Right. I'll use like big ship anchors. Be fine. Be fine. So you light, isn't it? Exactly, it's light. If it does crash into anything, it'll be fine. You just bounce off it. It's not a problem. It's a break off it. Mate, it's a fucking plan. I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah. Can I be Minister of Defence? Pretoria. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Sweet. Pretoria, it's happening. Mm. Just need to uh, hire my helicopter and go find it. Fantastic. <laughs> get on it and get John Hammond <laughs> to fund it <laughs> he's dead though. damn it <laughs> in the films and in real life damn it <laughs> the double whammy next fact go on then yeah. it is perfectly legal to break out of prison in Belgium Germany the Netherlands Sweden and Austria so basically, if you break out, it's like fair fucking yeah. play, mate. You deserve to be out. They believe it is human nature to want to escape from captivity. Let's make us time in their prisoner war camps, didn't they? So basically, right, if I go to one of those countries, commit a crime, break out, sound. Yeah. Fucking mm-hmm. sweet, I'm going to go rob some banks. I guess where. if they catch you, they'll still make you do the time that you've evaded. If you don't break yeah. out. Yeah, you're going to be chiselling with a teaspoon for a while. The breaking out of prison isn't illegal, but I'm sure you've still... I'm right. sure your so slate isn't wiped clean. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping it was. Congratulations, <laughs> you won the prison. <laughs> you yeah, won the prison raffle, yeah. but you wouldn't get extra... <laughs> so you wouldn't get extra time like you would here or in America and places like yeah. that. You'd just have to carry out. I imagine. Uh, I didn't say, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be a bit silly if not, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. I've murdered 17 people, but I managed to break out, so... I'm oh, you scam. <laughs> <laughs> I can get a job again. <laughs> no, you just leave the country, wouldn't you? Get out of there. <laughs> You're go back to working at Boots. <laughs> <laughs> Female squid sometimes show fake testes to avoid male advances. <laughs> You know what? If, only I've, human, I've, if human women could do that, there'd be no rape. I've known some that can do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been dating squid women. Well, no, they just they just like that. Oh, darling. Oh, fuck off. She's <laughs> <laughs> got bigger bollocks than me. Are you dating them? No. <laughs> I'm joking. Clearly, <laughs> he did. <laughs> A little bit. Two hundred and fifty million years ago, mm. the oceans were not blue. No, they were pink. Close, there's purple here. Ooh, it was a, it was a pinky, purple purpley cube. shade, yeah. yeah. Why? It's because the algae and things like that, and just the coloration of all the... See, I said it, just to piss everybody off. <laughs> all the different shit underwater and things like that, it just had a different look. It was still shit, clear water. Where's the shit gone near them? But also, it's a reflection from the sky, so it would have also been... The colour of the sky. The, the algae reflecting the, the sunlight. Yeah, yeah. So where's all that gone now then? don't know. Have you got the answer for that or no? No. He never asked the answers, he just has the facts. <laughs> no, no, yeah. True. 
We shouldn't question. Don't question the facts. Mm-hmm. When Genghis Khan's horsemen. Genghis. Genghis. Oh, yeah. Remember, we do. We follow Dan Carlin. I'm lost. When Genghis Khan's horsemen rode, they no, would form a column fifteen miles wide. Fucking hell. Fifteen miles wide. Yeah. That's wow. That's pretty impressive. That's from here past Shrewsbury. Wow. Marching along the place. No wonder they just swarmed everything in their path. Mm. I wonder how many deep they were like. Oof. Two. <laughs> <laughs> one. One. Just one line. <laughs> now you'd have thought there'd be a good couple of be tens of yeah hundreds perhaps maybe. You'd think so, wouldn't you? It'd be in their tens at least, wouldn't they? Yeah. More than that. How big was his army? Do you know? Oh, hundreds of thousands. And they all just marched along. Well, they were on horses mainly. Yeah, Plus, they had all the auxiliaries from territories they conquered. Korea and... And uh, all the armies that joined them on the way. Yeah. The ones that were sensible, that thought... Because he was always fair. Join always, me or die. Uh, he gave them that option. He's like, ah, if, you, if you want to join me, then crack on. If not, we will kill you. That's how I'm going to unite the human race, you know. Mm. Just join me or die. When I take over, when I become John Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John Connor fantasy. <laughs> Mama was said to be good at something, who'd have known it was leading a revolution against the machines? Well, I always saw myself as the Sarah Connor, so does that mean you're going to be my son? I guess so. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, aww? <laughs> How am I going to give birth to you? You haven't got to, you're just going to impregnate me, will <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> in nineteen eighty three. Or nineteen eighty two. It's alright, I've got the time machine in, in the pipes already with me AK forty seven and that to go back in oh, the shit out of the You can't take AK back with you in Terminator Law. You can't take weapons back with you, remember? I don't give a fuck about Terminator Law. This is my law. <laughs> law of Pretoria. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I'll have my own laws and everything, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm floating in the middle of the ocean. I've got complete fucking immunity from anybody. <laughs> badass. Pretoria is going to be the new fucking... That wasn't about in 1982. It will have been, because I'll, I'll transport that back in my... Uh, <laughs> I'll make sure, my, I'll make sure my, my time machine can transport, like... Massive land objects. Why do you want to go back to 1982 just to put my mum? Yeah. <laughs> that means you're going to moor somewhere in I'm England. I'm just going to do that on the way back. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, on the way back from... That means like, you're going to moor somewhere in Wales, travel over Wales to get to Dorley. Oh, I'll be cutting Wales off of England before. Hey, you going to manage that? You're some massive yeah. diamond industrial sword. You're well, assuming the UK and nuclear power will stand by it and do nothing. Or you just saw Wales off. I've planned it all out, right? <laughs> so when I go, when I, when I build my time machine, I'll go ahead in time first and right. get like some crazy big laser. Right, and cut Wales okay, off. Then I'll go back in time. We altered history massively. Yeah, but I'll be doing this before like England was anywhere, anything to do with England. Yeah, you know, know, I'll just chop it off. What if you end up with Wales being the aggressor and conquering all of England? You've changed history. You can't do that. You go back in time. It'll just be like a little floating island like in the middle of nowhere all speaking the Welsh and they'll, they'll all be happy because they get to just keep speaking Welsh. Probably hit America, but you know. That's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's my plan anyway and then on the way back 1982 bit of bum wow with Ben's mum alright son great well <laughs> that's fantastic anyway next fact <laughs> alright we'll end on this one 
US farmers. You're thinking about it now, is that? <laughs> Shit, Pete could be my dad. What if he's being serious about this? <laughs> so, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so if I am being serious about it, it's already happened. It's happened. <laughs> US farmers could save $2.2 billion a year by painting cows to look like zebras. <laughs> What so they don't Why? Get, is this so they don't get abducted by the aliens <laughs> all the time? Because uh, they think they're zebras. They're like, ah, no, it's not a cow my alien accent. <laughs> the, the, even the greys are telepathic. So you want to say anything? We'd all hear it. <laughs> yeah, so so I heard that. So if they if they're all if they're all zebras, they won't abduct, they won't mutilate them. Exactly. That's not That's the answer as far as I know. So, That's not the answer. Oh. Well. Why then? Anyone guess? Something to do with temperature? Nope. Mm. Better camouflage from predators? Yes. Oh, because the stripes confuse the vision of the predators. Yeah. Yep. Through what? Coyotes so, and green and shit? Or what? And no. humans and no. people? Little tiny predators. Mosquitoes and things. Yeah, flies, yeah. Biting fly related costs, they could save 2.2 billion a year. Well, well, you do know if you if you're trying to capture a fly, if you do that, if you wave your fingers. fingers going towards them, it confuses their vision and they can't, they don't see you. So you can get right up close to them and splat them on the wall. Oh. I've never tried that with my bare hand, and probably never will. I'm like the fly ninja. Any fly comes in my ass. <laughs> the fly dead. whisperer. Honestly, I, it, you're dead. Flick them out of the, oh. out of the air and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do, it's funny. All right, Mr. Miyagi, calm yeah, down. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's end the show there. Thanks very much for listening. I've been Ben. I hope you're not too horrified. Thanks for listening. Don't do the flavour aid. Don't join a call. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. I'm Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete, a low but shoe high.